You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans, and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Tuesday, day off for your New Orleans Pelicans, which means we get to dive into some other topics as we head to the regular season, start of the regular season, which is now just a week away. So we're going to look at Brandon, not Brandon, Lonzo Ball in the first segment, talk about his game so far and what we've seen from him in preseason. Then we're going to look at Derek Favors. A lot of guys were in my mentions yesterday asking about him. We'll clarify what's going on with him and talk a little bit about his style of play and why he's so important to this team. And then in the final segment, we'll take a look at Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Frank Jackson. I know people are wondering who's going to get the minutes. I think I've got a bit of a prediction, a bit of an answer for you, and we'll cover it there. So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So let's take a look at the starting point guard for your New Orleans Pelicans, Lonzo Ball, and how he's done in preseason. And it's been a little bit of a mixed bag, but overall, despite some of the shooting numbers, I'm encouraged by what I see from him during this time. So the basic numbers out there right now, again, some of them don't look pretty, is he is shooting 2.8 field goals made per for uh, 8.5. So it's a field goal percentage of just 32.4. He's making 1.8 threes per game but taking 5.8 attempts so it's 30.4 percent from deep and that's really where the number is kind of dragging him down he's also not shooting great inside the paint or in the restricted area but we'll look at that he's getting to the line 2.8 times per game and hitting and this is the big number and this is kind of the crux of everything we're going to look at here 81.8 percent from the free throw line for him that's like more than double his career average that is really really good He's also grabbing you about four rebounds per game, six assists, and putting up a total of, where did the numbers go, Um, 9.5 points per game. He's got a plus minus of positive 1.8. That's not great from a shooting perspective and from a court spacing perspective. And we know he's kind of really working on that consistent shot, that consistent stroke. I think that's one of the reasons why you're really seeing him kind of bomb it from deep, taking a significant amount of threes per game. I don't think that's necessarily what he's going to be trying to do during an actual game. I think it's preseason. This is when you want to launch threes to kind of get your form and get some data on it so that you can work with the coaches, Fred Vincent in particular, to figure out what he needs to do and how to get better with that. But overall, I think when you watch him, it's very clear that he does a lot of things that New Orleans wants to see. When he grabs a defensive board, he can get this team running, whether it's in transition or just get them into a half-court set and get the offense started early on in the shot clock. 
early offense. That's what this team is really trying to do, whether it's transition or early on in the half court. He's got very good handle on the ball, so he's fine, whether it comes to the pick and roll, anything like that. And we've seen him a couple of times really weave his way through traffic, whether it's in transition or the half court, which makes him very useful in that. This is a guy who, despite having a bunch of defenders around him, can probably get the ball to Zion Williamson. And you've seen both of those guys connect for a couple of nice plays, mainly Lonzo to Zion, though it's been fun to see the reverse of that, of Zion to Lonzo for an alley layup, which we've seen at least twice, I think, on occasion here. So he's giving you enough offensively despite the shooting, but you're seeing him attack a little bit more so than maybe we're used to seeing. He's taken 34 shots in preseason so far. Nine of them have come in the paint. I don't think that's been the same ratio for him in years past. And I think the big thing with this is he's feeling that free throw stroke a little bit more than normal. Again, he's shooting above 81%. That is really good for him. There's no, there's no other way to put it. That is tremendous for him given what his career numbers are from that point. So it's small sample size, but he's 9 of 11 in preseason so far from the line. And if you look at the percentage of his points coming from the free throw line, he's scoring almost 24% of his points in preseason from that spot. It has not cracked. Well, let me pull up the numbers. I had him. I lost him here. Give me one second as I walk through this live podcast kind of stuff here. Um... So last season, in the regular season, this is a guy who got, here it is, 4.3% of his offense from the free throw line. It's now 24%, showing he's more confident in being able to make those free throws, and he's going to attack and go to the line a little bit more. I've said, I don't think he was driving at all or attacking the basket in seasons past because he was scared of getting fouled and what that would do to him by going to the free throw line, missing those, and then it kind of is a mental thing and gets in your head with all of this. Well, he's attacking now more so than we've ever seen. He averaged five drives per game um, last season. That's the same amount as Etwan Moore. Should be doing more than that. Well, he is this year, while also developing chemistry in the passing uh, aspect of things with Zion Williamson, getting the Pelicans into their early offense, and then having a point guard that's comfortable grabbing a defensive board and going, or having a, a point guard who can just get a defensive board because he is a strong rebounder for that position, I think does wonders for this offense. So the shooting hasn't been there, but I think when you watch him, you feel his impact on a game. And so you've got to kind of marry the two, the stats and the eye test with everything. I think he's passing. I think he looks good in this offense and talked about it on Locked On NBA yesterday is when the division preview for the Southwest ran where I talked about the Pelicans and then Nick Angstad of Locked On Mavs and I talked about the division after. He sees Lonzo as a guy who could be a most improved candidate. I don't think he's wrong. If he gets some more scoring, whether it's from the free throw line, whether it's from that three-point shot or that jumper in general, and he's a guy that maybe puts up something like 15 and 9, he might be the most improved player in the league, and he's a guy who's going to be integral to the Pelicans' success. So overall so far, and we haven't even talked about his defense. It's tough to kind of gauge a lot of that in the preseason, but we know the impact he has there, particularly with Drew Holiday. It allows Drew to maybe take the best wing player and defend them versus point guard 
forwards or a two guard, which could be a more bigger scoring threat. And that's a big thing. It also frees up Drew Holiday just to be a go-to scorer, not a guy who's looking to pass first. We saw in that first preseason game what Drew is capable of. He's not needed to kind of do all of these things in preseason. We know what he gives you, but Lonzo frees him up to do all of that. And this is the way we've talked about Rajon Rondo two seasons ago, Alfred Payton last year. Yeah, they're here to do the assists and to do other things. They're also here just to free up Drew Holiday, and that's something that you're seeing Lonzo Ball do, and this is one of the big reasons why they probably see Drew Holiday potentially having an MVP caliber season. So we'll look at Derek Favors in just a minute. Before we do that, though, today's show brought to you by Indochino. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more at Indochino.com when entering Locked On at checkout. So on Twitter yesterday, I said, hey, we've got a bit of a quiet week. Send me your questions regarding the Pelicans, what you want to know about the team. Lonzo Ball is someone I wanted to talk about, but something that came in surprised me, and that was a number of people asking about Derek Favors. Basically, what's wrong with him? He hasn't looked good. That's... And again, it surprised me because that's not my read on the situation. I I kind of see where people... Are coming from when you look at some of his base stats in the preseason, maybe they're not the prettiest, let's say. There's just, you know, he, he's only playing less than 15 minutes per game right now. He's only putting up 3.3 points on 40% shooting, so not great there. He's basically making a bucket per game. Um, and he's giving you four rebounds, and that's about it, and one block per game. Overall, I think that's kind of fine for where he is right now. The shooting percentage is a slight bit concerning, but I don't think it's a huge deal. And it's also limited minutes. He's been held out of a game. I think this is a guy that they just know and trust, to be honest. This is someone that they're not overly worried about, so they don't need to play him significant minutes um, and get those scoring numbers because they know what he's capable of doing. I've talked about how in limited minutes in transition with the Utah Jazz, he ranked at a higher percentile than anyone else on this Pelicans team did last season. That's a good sign for what they want to do. He has pretty decent enough handles and can push the ball up if he grabs the board to around the half court line or so just to get the team into the offense without first making a pass and then the guard taking it up. He can grab the ball and go as can basically everybody on this team. It's the little things that he does which don't jump out at you if you look at the box score and if you're just looking at the stat sheet and you see 40%, you're like, oh God, no, that's not good. But you know what? That is just on 2.5 shot attempts per game. The sample size is so low right now. And Lonzo's was too, that I don't read too much into it for a guy who's shown you consistently over the course of his career. Lonzo's career is at least shorter. Favors spans a little while now. And I'm just not worried about that given that he's going into his 10th year in the NBA. You've got nine years of data to see what a guy is. And he was pretty good offensively without Rudy Gobert in the lineup playing his traditional center role compared to power forward. I think that will come in time. The rebounding we've seen has actually been pretty solid from him going out there, grabbing boards when he's out on the court and just kind of doing the dirty work that you need from a guy like this. He's deep. He's got a defensive rebounding rate of 23.7. 
It's not amazing, but it's not bad, and that's fine given how many other good rebounders are out there on the court that his numbers there might be a little bit lower. But if he's boxing someone out that allows Lonzo Ball then to go get that rebound, well, then he's contributing even if it doesn't really show up. But the screens he's been setting offensively have been something that really does impress me. He sets unbelievable ones for Zion, and it's something we can break down. I got to see if I can do maybe like a video over this or something like that. But they run this blade concept on offense, which is basically say he and a guard run a pick and roll type of situation. He sets a pick for them, but instead of rolling to the basket, he goes and sets a down screen or a pin down screen for a guy like Zion. So Zion, who's standing in the corner or along the baseline, then shoots up towards the three point line on a screen that. Derek Favors set and the way he set that screen is the big thing it's off of a pick and roll type situation so teams aren't expecting him to set that down screen they're worried about him rolling to the basket this is a very simplified version of what they're doing the way I'm explaining it but that's kind of the things that he does that no one else on this team is someone we we trust to do and all the little things and set those type of screens when you watch him move off the ball setting screen after screen or trying to deny the ball from getting in down low because he's pretty good defensively uh, you know, I'm impressed. I know that the scoring numbers aren't there. You're a little bit worried about that. But the Pelicans overall have been very good offensively when he's been in. So is it that big of a concern? Or is he just a guy who's comfortable with what his role is on this team and he's not really worried about getting all of the points and all of the buckets? David Griffin has a quote saying he has untapped offensive potential. Derek Favors does. I think he's talking about that transition stuff and the stat I gave you earlier. I don't know if it's like, let's get him the ball in the post and just watch him be like Shaq. I think it's the other ways they want to use him, which they will. They just don't need to burn him out in preseason. This is a guy whose offense will come and will be fine. He shot 56 points. 3% from the field last year for Utah, a little bit under 50% the year before that, but then it was above 50% for basically the next couple of years. He'll be fine. He's a veteran. You know, it's preseason. It's like you don't need to see Drew Holiday do too much. And just because Drew has a bad game doesn't mean we need to really be worried. You'll see some sets for Derek Favors. There'll be times when they do want him to post up, though probably pretty infrequently. But he gives you kind of what you need. And it's that off-ball, dirty work kind of things that makes him a perfect guy to have in this system with Zion Williamson. So we'll touch on the backup point guard battle between Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Frank Jackson, if it is really a battle, and I'll explain what I mean by that in a moment as well. Before we do that, though, don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans here Monday through Friday for you all, breaking down everything you want to know about this team. It is exciting. It is the greatest time to be a Pelicans fan right now. Get everything you can Monday through Friday right here. No one else coming to you guys with that kind of frequency. Get into the biggest topics, basically sometimes the day they happen or at least the very next day. So subscribe to Locked On Pelicans. Helps keep this free in five days a week for you all. If you want to go a little bit beyond that, and I would appreciate it, leave a five-star review and tell a friend about the podcast. Get them locked on here with us and this fun season that we're about to have. But Locked On Pelicans, get it wherever you get your podcast from. 
All right, everyone is interested in the battle between Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Frank Jackson and what's going on there. And when I put out the call for questions on Twitter, and if you want your question, by the way, potentially answered on the podcast, tweet it in. It's at Nola Jake. You guys know where to find me. Uh, we're using hashtag AskLOP if you want, but if you just kind of mention me in there, I should be able to see it. And so I'm kind of com- kind of combining a couple of them here. Uh, we'll get into some more fun ones later in the week. Someone asked about Bradley Beal. Yes, we can talk about that. Um, but Nikhil Alexander Walker has come up a lot. Basically, like, should he, someone asked, should he be starting over Lonzo Ball? Someone basically is like, is he untradeable? So here's the thing that I see with him. He's a rookie who has impressed. There's, there's no doubt about it. He's come in with some fire, really trying to earn a spot in the rotation and he's making the coaches and the front office maybe think twice about what their role originally was going to be for him. But he's still a rookie. We know Alvin Gentry doesn't necessarily trust those guys a lot. And someone they're very high on is Frank Jackson. You've seen it from Alvin Gentry. You've seen him be kind of that first guy off the bench at times compared to Nikhil Alexander-Walker getting into the game. The other day, David Griffin went to defend him on Twitter and say he's a great on-ball defender, has tremendous energy, effort, hustle, and he's a great locker room presence. They value Frank Jackson incredibly highly and I think they're going to give him every opportunity to really step in and succeed maybe he's not that pure point guard that we're looking for in that backup point guard role but I see him very much in the mold of Drew Holiday the defense all the tools to be there you saw that dunk he had in summer league where he just exploded for then 30 more points after that he is a freak athlete all the tools to be a very good NBA player and maybe just needs to be a little bit more consistent that three point shot which is looking pretty good in preseason I think is certainly going to help him that's the guy who I think it is we're jumping the gun on Nikhil Alexander Walker and I get it he's the young guy he's a rookie and few things get people more excited than rookies on a team particularly when they look good even when they look bad sometimes people are really excited about it. it's why one of the reasons why traffic for everyone kind of peaks around the NBA draft But I think we're not quite there yet. You've seen him have some turnover issues here in preseason. He does look good running the offense. But if you're playing in transition as much as this team hopes to do again, if you're not the best at running the half-court offense, it's okay because there's other ways you can really impact the game. And I think that's what we're going to see with Frank Jackson. And Jackson is a better defender right now than Nikhil Alexander-Walker is. So whether he's going to take minutes away from Lonzo or from Frank, I think we're jumping the gun a little bit here on Nikhil Alexander-Walker. As the season goes on, then certainly I think his role will increase, particularly if the Pelicans are out of playoff contention. Then maybe they shut down Lonzo Ball, he gets spot starts, but I mean, these are such crazy hypotheticals, we don't need to jump into those right now. But no, I don't see him as a starter this year. I, you know, In terms of being untradeable or untouchable, I don't think they want to trade anyone on this roster. I think the goal would be to keep this roster and to keep all of the guys here because otherwise they could have moved them out. You know, They moved out Solomon Hill. They've gotten rid of other guys they didn't want to bring back and things like that. I think David Griffin has been very deliberate in all of the guys he's had on this roster. So when it comes to Nikhil Alexander-Walker being untouchable, I think he's untouchable like everyone else probably is untouchable, at least right now. But there is a price for everybody. But here's the thing. What are you going to trade him for? First-round pick? Two first-round picks? He's worth more than two first-round picks, I think, to this team and the development they they feel he can kind of do and be. So I don't know if it's that he's untouchable. It's just they don't want to trade anybody. 
And certainly if, you know, the Wizards come in and go, we'll give you Bradley Beal for Nikhil Alexander-Walker and salary filler to make it match, Pelicans probably jump at that. So I don't know if he actually is untouchable. So it's kind of one of those things where we're all very high on him, and we should be. I just don't think he's there yet. I don't think the coaching staff sees him as there yet. They know more about basketball than I do, so I'm going to kind of trust them on this. And I think you're going to see Frank Jackson higher up in the rotation than the than the rookie in Nikhil Alexander-Walker. As the season goes on, maybe it changes a little bit, but that is my feeling about it right now. He just, I, Again, I do actually think he can give you maybe a little bit more on the defensive side of the ball. I think that's an important thing. You've got guys who can kind of distribute the ball. You don't necessarily need need that more pure point or cl- as closer to a point as Nikhil Alexander-Walker is compared to a guy like Frank Jackson who might have higher upside in terms of scoring in defense. And I think that maybe is kind of the differentiator. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. And as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow.